Hello, and welcome to the MS for Mama podcast. I'm your host, Abby Halberstadt, happy wife, mama to 10, Bible-believing Christian. And before we get started on today's show, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Arrows and Applesauce. My friend Kristen creates the most adorable hand-drawn graphic art that she turns into printables for you guys. And you can find all of her resources from alphabet to numbers to science to Bible and just about everything in between, beautiful educational resources for kids at shop dot arrows and applesauce.com. So on today's show, I want to talk about this kind of concept debate, ongoing dialogue that I see floating around social media almost constantly. And for lack of a better title for the topic, we'll call it honest motherhood. But I have quotes going around that air quotes going around honest motherhood, because I don't necessarily agree that there is just tons of honesty involved in a lot of the discussions that I see going on in the comment sections. Um, But I do believe that there, there is this desire to see motherhood for what it truly is and to be honest about it and to be real and to not be doing this glowy Hallmark version that disillusions so many women once they find themselves in the trenches of babies and toddlers and realizing like, maybe this image that I had, maybe this expectation that I had of enjoying every moment of everybody always being clean and smudge free and obedient and smiley and camera ready is, is unrealistic. And, and if you're thinking, well, I didn't have any of those expectations. That's great. That's how it should be. However, What I am seeing over and over again in posts that consistently go viral is this idea of I'm going to tell it to you straight. And the straight truth is that, and this is not, these are not my words. I'm quoting what I see on the internet that I love my kids a whole lot, but motherhood sucks. And some of you are nodding along right now and didn't even skip a beat. Some of you just gasped because that's not your expectation of something that was going to come out of my mouth. Um, Some of you are somewhere in between like, okay, I mean, there are aspects of it that are hard, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go that far. Um, And I have this topic fresh on my mind because I just stumbled across yet another viral post that basically said, nobody talks about the really genuinely real nitty gritty honest hard parts of motherhood they say it's going to be the diaper changing they say it's going to be the lack of sleep they say it's going to be the meltdowns but really it's these things and the these things that get put in those blanks can vary I've seen a list I've seen a plethora of things but the funny part is every single post starts with I'm not going to be the one that lies to you I'm going to be the one that tells you the truth. Everybody else is lying to you. And what they're telling you is motherhood is going to be perfect, which I'll be honest, I haven't seen a post ever on the internet tell me that motherhood was going to be perfect. I see quite a few posts that go um, through the charts viral that start with almost this exact same formula. And I don't want to be jaded the formula that I just mentioned where it's you know I'm going to tell you the truth I'm going to be honest with you nobody else is being honest with you they're all lying to you and telling you that everything's going to be perfect and easy and glowy and so I'm going to be the one that shoots straight with you I don't want to be jaded but there is at least a possibility because I think this is how our human minds work when we see something that is getting a lot of feedback when we see something that is being successful in its reach 
in the way it interacts with people, when we see that you're getting a lot of comments and clicks, I think there can be a tendency on social media to go, okay, so what spin can I put on that concept to achieve the same results? So maybe when I'm seeing these posts, because they're on the explore page, or it's the ones that are pinned to the top of someone's account that I stumble upon, and they're pinned there because they have done the best, you know, they have the most likes and the most comments and the most shares. Um, maybe that's because that's how they genuinely feel. Maybe that is completely, truly authentic. And when they're saying they're going to be the one that's honest with you, that's really what they feel like they're doing. But it could also be that this narrative on social media, which far from being the exception in most circles that I run across that are outside of the close social media friend circle that I have chosen to be the primary voices that speak into my motherhood experience, that speak into my friendship experience online. Again, these are separate from obviously my real uh, social media is real life, but my in-person face-to-face interactions. But the people that I've chosen to virtually surround myself with online are people that speak the truth about motherhood, which is that it is hard and that there are aspects of it that will stretch you. And there are aspects of it that will probably push you to the brink of what you think you can handle on your own strength. But as I'm always saying, and as these people that I'm listening to are encouraging me to say, because it comes from scripture, when we are weak, Jesus is strong and being pushed to the brink of our own capacity is not a bad thing. Now I will back up and say that the posts that I'm seeing populate a lot of the motherhood chatter that focus on the, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you how it really is and how it really is, is kind of miserable. And I can love my kids and say that motherhood is miserable at the same time. And, you know, don't tell me not to say that because it's my truth and it's my reality. And those are usually coming from secular sources. Um, Not always, not always. I get emails from people who claim Christ, who are really struggling in their motherhood. And let me tell you this, you are not hearing me dismiss people's struggles. You are not hearing me tell you that nobody actually does have a hard time with motherhood. You are not hearing me say that motherhood cannot be incredibly challenging. You are not hearing me say that I think that aspects of motherhood can be very isolating in the culture that we find ourselves in now. In other words, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, Things were not just somehow magically so much better. However, there were guideposts, there were structures, there were underpinnings, I would say, in place for more intergenerational give and take, for closer relationships with families than we see in a lot of cases now, for help, for moms who had grandmas and aunts and sisters and sisters-in-law close by who could help out with watching a baby or could help out with bath time or who could help out with teaching kids to read or, you know, just a lot of give and take that we don't see a lot of now. And, And you could just point to really practical things like the creation of the car. Okay. And you're like, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, Henry Ford, Abby, really, this is, this is where you're going with this podcast. No, I won't stay here very long, but because we have suburbs, because we have large cities, because we have the ability to drive large distances and do cross country treks, um, in vehicles, we obviously have traded that ability in some cases for these close knit communities where you literally couldn't get away from your family. You had the village because the village was your support group, but it was also the infrastructure of how you lived your life. 
So I see a lot of moms who have a laundry list of complaints in their realness about motherhood and or or concerns, even if they're not complaints, frustrations, heartaches. Um, and the number one, oh, if I say complaint, someone's going to say I'm shaming someone. So the number one struggle that I see that people are talking about often on social media is the loss of identity. And I want to speak to that. Because again, if this is coming from a secular source, if this is coming from someone who has no concept of an identity beyond themselves, so they are kind of the be all end all of where their identity and their worth and their um, kind of centeredness should start and end, then it makes sense that when all of that is disrupted by this tiny creature who can bring you so much joy. Yes, that is true. But also who can require so much of you, who can take so much of who you thought you were and need those things for their sustenance, for their enjoyment, for their entertainment, for their calming, all of those things. It can just, the way that it's worded so many times that I see is they're sucking me dry. They are bleeding me of all that is good in me. And and I know that sounds really strong, but it's what I see. I just before starting this podcast, I was on a post just like this. And I was screenshotting comments because I was thinking, if I give this as an example, someone is going to say nobody actually says that. And yet person after person was saying, I love my daughter, but I never wanted to have children. This is one example. I love my daughter, but I never wanted to have children. And I should have stuck with it. But my daughter was an accident. And now that she's here, yes, she's great. But I was right. I didn't want children and I still don't. Now, I don't know how you reconcile. I didn't want children. I still don't. But I have one and she's great and I love her. That's kind of, it can be complicated. Our emotions are very complicated things. Um, the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Um, that means there are depths to the level of kind of darkness in our souls and minds that we can't even comprehend and only God can comprehend and only God can save us from. And so while I understand that when you're struggling and when you are um, going through a hard time and when you feel maxed out and when you are in pain and when you are not sleeping, which has a huge effect on your mental well-being, obviously, when you don't feel like you have support, when you feel like you have loss of identity and you're, you no longer feel like yourself, that it can be very tempting to blame that on a child, to say, they took this from me. I mean, it's not their fault, but they still are the one that took it from me. And therefore, I kind of have this love-hate relationship with my own child. Like, I love them because I should, but I also resent them because I feel like they've taken so much from me. And again, if this is not your experience, if this is shocking to you, if this is not resonating with you, just hang in there because I'm going somewhere with this. So I see this over and over again, and there were quite a few other comments that were similar to that, like, no one ever told me motherhood as a construct, as an experience, was miserable. Sure, my child is okay. I love him or her. But the actual everything involved with bringing him or her into the world and then sustaining him or her in this world is terrible. And I wish it weren't so stark. But that is the reality, or at least the perceived reality, of lots of mothers online. 
So I think we have to back up if we're trying to align ourselves with scripture. Now, someone listening that is coming from a purely secular perspective and is identifying with kind of statements that I'm referencing maybe is saying, you know what, that's just my truth and I'm going to live it. And maybe I'll come out of it. Maybe I won't. Maybe it'll be worth it. Maybe it won't. I'm just making it through and that's what I've got. But as a Christian, we know that just like it talks about in 2 Peter 1.3, God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That means that we have been equipped to handle hard things with Christ's strength. That means that we have been equipped to do this thing called motherhood, even when we feel so inadequate, even when we feel so lost, even when we feel like we're drowning in those sleepless nights, in the postpartum depression, in the, you know, hips that don't feel like they used to or look like they used to, or even in lack of connection to our husbands. There are hard, hard seasons that go along with motherhood. And what I really, really want to encourage you from a biblical perspective is that if we are in Christ, we are new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. That comes from 2 Corinthians 5.17. And if, if that's the case for every Christian, for every believer in Jesus Christ, then the fact of the matter is we can't lose our identity to anything We can't lose it to motherhood. We can't lose it to marriage. We can't lose it to a job. We can't lose it to depression. We can't lose it to um, our culture. And the reason why we can't actually lose our identity is because our identity is hidden in Christ. Our identity has been replaced before we were enemies of God. And now we are children of God. And that is the best identity that there is. So while I understand that there will be periods for many people during motherhood when you no longer feel like you know exactly who you are in the sense that your interests have changed, your um, ability to do those things that you're interested in has changed, your schedule has changed, your mental and physical capacities for things have changed. And all of those things may add up to feeling like I am no longer who I used to be. There is some really good hope to be found in that statement. Now, if we're clinging to our old selves, if we're clinging to our former lives, if we're clinging to possibly a romanticized version of our past, because I see also a lot of times this idea that I used to be able to sleep in, I used to be able to, um, you know, go out and shop and, and eat out anytime that I wanted to. My husband and I were able to go on dates without having to get a babysitter or worry about the babysitter being untrustworthy. Um, we were just so spontaneous and free. And in the case of single girls, I'm sure that some of that is very genuine, but it's interesting is that before marriage and before children, there's a lot of yearning for more connection. There's, in some cases, yearning for children. There's, in some cases, yearning for um, more stability with a spouse. And they feel perhaps lonely and isolated for different reasons. So we have to be careful, I think, not to romanticize and glamorize any particular role that the Lord gives us to the point that once we're in that role, we're discontented. We've talked before about the idea that 
being able to do anything through Christ who strengthens us is less about like being able to be this super mom, but it's more about being able to be content in whatever circumstances he's placed us in. So that means singleness. That means being married without children. That means being married with children. And so again, I acknowledge that I am primarily speaking to Bible-believing Christians who choose to listen to this podcast. I know that's my primary audience, although it's not all of you, and all are welcome. Um, And therefore, when I read these posts, and they're written primarily from the perspective of someone who isn't a Bible-believing Christian and isn't looking at it from a biblical, spiritual perspective, of course there's going to be a gap. Of course there's going to be... um, kind of some cognitive dissonance there. However, I do believe that while the Bible clearly says that man's wisdom is foolishness to God and God's wisdom is foolishness to man, meaning man doesn't get it, though God knows better, and man who thinks he's so smart doesn't even understand one iota. Like we're, we're, just, we're just getting a glimmer of reality, of eternity, whereas God is able to see it all. Um, while that's true and it makes sense that the cross of Christ, the message of the gospel, is foolishness to those who are perishing. That's what the Bible tells us. I do also believe that there's a lot of common sense, bedrock, principled things that we can learn from Scripture that even non-Christians can acknowledge is true and good and helpful. And so this idea of preaching contentment to ourselves, of saying, yes, I've changed, And right now, in my emotions, the changes feel daunting and they feel bad. But can I say, can I step back from those changes and those harsh emotions and the fact that my jeans don't fit and feel like they never will again and the fact that my baby doesn't sleep and feels like she never will again, or that means that I never will again, right? The fact that um, food doesn't taste as good as it used to right now. Can we step back from that and say... Maybe this is a season. Maybe I haven't lost nearly as much as I have gained. And if I'm willing to focus on the ways that this could change me for good, even if I can't feel those ways right now, if I'm willing to step back and say, from a Christian perspective, Lord, your will be done. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My hope is found in Christ alone. If we can say those things, and even if our emotions aren't following them, live them out by making tiny daily choices to say, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for growth. Thank you, Lord, for this moment of sunshine. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that the baby is sleeping, even if it's only been 15 minutes and she might wake up in five Thank you, Lord, for, you know, hot coffee on a cool day and practice those everyday moments of gratitude far from being toxic positivity, which is what I see those being labeled so often nowadays. They are practical and valuable building blocks toward a new mindset. And so that is what I feel like is missing in so many of these supposedly honest and real posts is that there is always hope in Christ. There is always hope for improvement. There is always, um, yes, the eternal weight of glory that overshadows the light and momentary afflictions that we experience now, but also the opportunity for joy here on earth. 
that just like it says in Psalm 127, 13, I am confident of this. I will still see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So as a Christian, if you are struggling with motherhood, if you are struggling with loss of identity, if you are feeling like this is the season that might break you, I really encourage you that there is hope for the future, eternity in Christ, but there is hope for the present as well. I'm always preaching to people not to make big life decisions in the moments when they're struggling. And I think that that could be extrapolated to not making a determination about the season that you're in when you're struggling. In other words, if you can't feel completely positive or happy or encouraged or joyful in the season that the Lord has you in of motherhood, at the very least, you can feel neutral, hopeful, expectant, just like it talks about in that verse that I just said, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's not just when I die and go see Jesus. It's not just to live as Christ and to die as gain. There is still a chance, at least, that this motherhood thing will bring um, benefit and good things here on this very earthly realm, which is not our home and not where we put our hope but it's still where we are asked to invest everything that we say and do, whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, whether we wake up four times in the middle of the night or have all kids who sleep through the night, but are keeping us up at night with their antics on their cell phones. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of facets of motherhood that could really start to wear on us and make us doubt ourselves and make us doubt the Lord's goodness. And my encouragement to you is when you see posts that claim to be honest, but are lacking in hope, to remind yourself that there is always hope in Christ. And so it is actually not truthful to claim hopelessness, to claim that reality or honesty means that this is what it is and it will never change. And what it is, is loss of self, loss of identity, loss of goodness, loss of freedom. I want to share a little bit about my own perspective on motherhood. I became a mom at a pretty young age. I was 23. I have been married for, what, 11 months and three weeks or something like that. We had our firstborn, Ezra, about a week before our first wedding anniversary. And far from being that girl that, quote, always wanted a certain number of kids. I've talked about this in other podcasts. I think I always assumed I was going to be a mom. I wasn't opposed to being a mom. I assumed that it would come and that it would be good when it did because my own mom had modeled enjoyment of me and my brother. She had very much so declared us with her words and her deeds to be blessings to her. And so I didn't have negative associations with motherhood, but I was pretty neutral on the concept. I wasn't actively pining for a certain number of children or a certain gender of children. So when I became a mother pretty quickly, that made sense to me. I was married. My husband and I were having sex as one does. Sex produces children unless you actively prevent it. We weren't actively preventing it. Therefore, it made sense that we got pregnant pretty quickly. And ta-da, I was a mom. And I was talking to and, and I had no clue what I was doing, by the way. I hadn't had a lot of experience with children. So it was definitely a learning curve. And there were definitely hard moments. And I'll discuss that more in a little bit. But I was talking to Emily Morrow, who got, I had the pleasure of having on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. 
And she's from Really Very Crunchy. If you're not familiar with her, her given name, that's her name that everybody knows her by. Um, and she was talking about the fact that she and her husband, Jason, traveled a fair bit before having children. And that the motherhood transition for her was really hard. Um, I'm trying to do some math in my head really quickly, but I think she would have been about 29, maybe when she had her first kid. And she said it was hard for her because after traveling freely and their schedules being their own for several years to have someone who needed her so intensely and having her schedule have to revolve around their needs was such kind of a jarring change that she struggled to adapt. And she struggled with, um, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it was something like, you know, she struggled with resentment and feeling like, I love this child so much, but oh my goodness, like I wasn't prepared. So echoing a lot of the sentiments that I see from other places, but I thought her conclusion was interesting because she is a Bible-believing Christian and she was declaring her children to be good gifts. She was just saying that she had had a hard time making that leap. And I said, you know, I think that Part of the reason why, even though motherhood was a big transition, even though I struggled with aspects of it, that I didn't ever resent the transition was because I went pretty quickly through what to me was this kind of logical progression, which was, you know, um, date a guy that I considered to be an option for marriage get engaged to this guy, get married to this guy and have children pretty quickly. So while we weren't trying to do that, boom, 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 it is the order that it went in. And I don't think my brain had a ton of opportunity to say, what if, you know, what if we waited five years? What would it look like if we did this? Because we we were kind of already parents and we were open to that and we were aware of that possibility, of course, like I just mentioned, and we weren't resentful of it. So it's not like we were like, Oh my goodness, how did we become parents? How did this happen? But it was like, here's the natural progression. I don't resent it because this is kind of what we expected to happen. And it did. Now I know some of you struggle with infertility and some of you struggle with secondary infertility. You had a couple of kids and now you, you are struggling to have more and you're like, well, that must be nice, Abby. So I'm not, I'm not bragging. I promise you. I'm just saying that because that was the progression of how our timeline went in leading to being parents. And then because we were pregnant again pretty quickly, our first two or 18 months and three days apart, that our family was like off and going. My brain never got settled into this time is mine. They're taking this from me. Um, I resent this because I had so much more freedom before I did have freedom before as a teenager, young adult that I didn't have once my children came along, but it wasn't for a really protracted period. And I thought Emily's response, instead of being kind of heels dug in frustrated was, I think that's a great mercy. That's what she said. I'm I'm paraphrasing slightly, but she said, I think it's a great mercy that you were able to do that progression and, um, and experience parenthood how you did because that transition was a lot smoother for you. Now, there are a lot of people that would say, I feel so sorry for you that you didn't have more time with your husband without children. I feel so sorry for you that you didn't travel more. I feel so sorry for you that you didn't fill in the blank before you had kids. Um, I had a degree. 
I had already traveled quite a bit. Um, I had done things that I wanted to do that, um, to me, seemed like worthy goals at the time. And so I, I didn't feel deprived of anything, to be completely honest. And I, I still don't. Even 10 kids later, absolutely still do not feel deprived. Although there are aspects of my life that are absolutely different in such good ways, but also just practical ways for having had 10 kids. But I, I thought her response was really profound. She was like, what a mercy to have followed that progression and not have had to fight with so much resentment and so much feeling of deprivation because your expectations were not that you were owed that freedom, that you were owed kind of those rights as an individual, but instead that your focus was on your family. And so with her perspective in mind, I want to posit to you that I think a huge portion of the resentment that I see being expressed on so many social media accounts that are saying they're being real with moms is to do with expectations is to do with this idea of life being about us. And again, from a biblical Christian perspective, you're able probably pretty quickly to point to why that's not the case. I could give you chapter and verse and I'll give you a couple. Jesus says, if anyone will follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and then follow me. That's in Matthew 16, 24. Um, and I, I feel like if we were just to say that to some of these moms, that would be a really wrenching concept. That would be like, who, who would want to do that? And yet, it, because... Who wants to deny themselves? Who wants to carry this heavy cross, metaphorical or otherwise? Um, and especially the heavy cross of motherhood. I think one of the, the most gut-wrenching responses that I kept seeing in those comment sections were people who didn't have children who were saying, I was on the fence about having kids and seeing all of your honest comments, seeing all of your feedback on how hard it is, seeing how much you struggle in motherhood and this whole idea of it's misery and the fact that I can have love for my child, but I can have kind of hatred for the office of motherhood. It seals it for me. I'm not having kids. Um, I'm not saying everyone has to have kids. However, I do want to always offer again, that hope that while it sounds too overwhelming to carry the good news is, Jesus has overcome the world. He's overcome the hardships that we're going to encounter in motherhood. And what that practically means is not that we get to skip going through them, but that we get to walk through them with him at our side. And we get to experience the maturity that comes out on the other end. That's always going to be where I'm going to go with this, guys. I really do believe that no suffering, no hardship, no challenge, no thing that you genuinely don't know how you will get to the other side of is wasted when it is done with Jesus at our side. So while I understand how motherhood probably seems like an insurmountable task to many who are looking from the outside and seeing these quote unquote honest accounts, letting people know 
that it is too much, that they don't have their village, they've lost their identity, they don't have any free time, they have no interest outside of their children. They're, and I, I think I think we can just tackle that in a whole other podcast that I don't have time for today. What it looks like to have interests and pursue things while still being a mom, because I absolutely think that it's possible and am actually practicing it now and have many friends who do the same. But I understand why someone looking at that chatter would say, well, then I'm never going to do that. That doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. But I'm always encouraging you to say not what does supposedly honest secular culture say, but what does the truth of God's word say? And the truth of God's word says that even those things that are despised by man, even those things that are considered too hard by the world, can be used for our good and for God's glory when we surrender them to him. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no changing or shifting shadow. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he is enough, even for those days when we feel like we have lost our way and we don't know who we are anymore. And he is so kind to remind us that we are not ours to begin with, Our identity was never about what we were before becoming a mother, and it's never about our identity in being a mother. It's our identity in being his and serving him and loving him and reaping the absolute blessings that come from that, even when they're hard. And even when the world tells us that we're silly to keep persevering through them and thanking the Lord for them. We're not. You're not. You're doing good work. Keep going. If you enjoy the MS for Mama podcast, I would be so honored if you would subscribe and follow along, maybe share with friends or even leave a review. And if you want more content on motherhood and biblical responses to cultural issues, be sure to follow along on Instagram at m.is.4.mama.